Hi, everyone. I'm Rick Barron, your host, and welcome to my podcast, That's Life, I Swear. Recent studies have discovered the staggering costs of menopause for women in the workforce. Some are taking sick days. Others are cutting back their hours. Still others end up quitting altogether. Now, why must women deal with these hurdles? It's flat out not right. Let's jump into this. Before I get into this discussion with you, let me provide a definition of menopause as provided by the National Institute on Aging. Menopause is a point in time 12 months after a woman's last period. The years leading up to that point when women may have changes in their monthly cycles, hot flashes, or other symptoms are called the menopausal transition or paramenopause. The menopausal transition most often begins between the ages of 45 and 55. End of definition. Now, more than 1 in 10 women experience adverse work outcomes due to menopause symptoms, calling out a need to improve treatment and create more supportive workplaces, according to a study published in April 26 of this year in the Mayo Clinic Proceedings. The study provided input from approximately 4,500 women ages 45 to 60 seeking primary care in one of four Mayo Clinic sites. Now, the focus of the survey regarded the adverse effect outcomes related to menopause symptoms covering a time period from March 1st and June 30th of 2021. Now, there's a lot of key data points here, but let me give you some highlights from the Mayo Clinic study. About 13% of women reported at least one adverse work event due to menopause symptoms. Nearly 11% reported missing work in the past year, such as cutting back on hours, work, or taking unplanned vacation time. Now, here's a big one. The annual cost associated with work loss due to menopause symptoms is $1.8 billion annually. Billion with a B. This figure does not include reduced work hours, loss of employment, or even early retirement. Now, why does this matter? Not being an expert on this subject, the Mayo Clinic survey is somewhat astonishing as to the inequities women have to deal with in the workplace. In short, it sucks. Now, several other studies have arrived at conclusions similar to those of the Mayo Clinic study. Now, here's one. A smaller survey conducted by Carrot Fertility discovered that roughly 20% of women took time off work due to menopause. At the University of Southampton in England, analyzed data from a survey of over 3,000 women found that those who reported at least one disruptive menopausal symptom at the age of 50 were 43% more likely to have left their jobs by the age of just 55. I mean, I could go on and on with all this data summaries, but I think it's pretty clear the findings underscore the physical, economic, and social challenges women face as they age, enduring sometimes debilitating physical changes while navigating the discomfort of discussing menopause with younger or male colleagues. Now, Dr. Ekta Karpour, a co-author of the Mayo Clinic study, stated, and I quote, The topic of menopause is taboo in general, but even more so at the workplace. She said, I've heard from women that they don't want to come across as a complainer at work, or if they bring up menopause, they're faced with people rolling their eyes, end quote. Now, suffice it to say, those who roll their eyes are, yes, men. Big surprise. 
Now, the data resulting from the Mayo Clinic proceeding studies confirmed what Dr. Williams, an associate professor at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis, was hearing from her patients. One of her patients is a university professor who was troubled by what they call brain fog that she had during the transition to menopause, that she decided to stop teaching advanced courses. For this patient, the symptoms reached a point she could not find the next word when lecturing. Now, what makes dealing with menopause for many women so difficult is they can't cut back on work the way some women can, Dr. Williams said. The Mayo Clinic study reflected that many women are just not in the position to have the privilege of saying, I'm just not going to teach this course today. Instead, they worry because if they don't show up, you will not have a job, which also has economic and personal financial impact. A lady by the name of Grace Ward came across my desk while researching this topic. She was a supervisor at a local library in Kalamazoo, Michigan. While there, she started getting intense migraines for the first time in her life. It was the transition to menopause. Grace said for two to three days a month, she had to keep her head down. The sensitivity to light was just obnoxious. She also experienced wild mood swings and hot flashes that kept her awake at night and she began menstruating twice a month, all of which made her extremely tired. Like many other women who had to deal with similar circumstances, Miss Ward used her sick days to take time off and eventually stated that my managers were starting to question whether I was still up to it. And that's when she decided to resign. I thought it would be better to leave than be fired, she said. It's horrible that we as women must work through this craziness. Over time, we have made significant advances in this country where organizations have created supportive workplace environments with family and medical leave and reasonable accommodations. However, it's high time that women undergoing menopause should be included in these conversations and in a way that doesn't create fear of being looked at in a negative manner or wondering if it may have an impact on their careers or their relationships with their colleagues. Why should they? I mean, let's face it, women have no choice in how this physical change happens to them. It's what Mother Nature has dictated. Now take time to read deeper into the reference links I provided on my website for this episode. You're going to discover a majority of women surveyed said that if they were considering working for a company, that the company clearly expressed a commitment to support employees with menopause symptoms. Now I invite you to join me next week for my next episode. I'm going to share with you about how help is on the way to help women work in an environment that is menopause-friendly in the United States. Now, here's a hint. The help is coming from across the pond. Now, what can we learn from this story? What's the takeaway? If you're a leader or in a position of power in your organization, there are several things you can do to improve the negative stats covered in this episode. Start with simple additions to your employee guidelines such as offering flexibility for remote work and options for temperature control. Surveys shared in this episode reveal that kindness, compassion, and awareness of what women go through goes a long way. As employers, you can't afford to continue losing valuable contributors at your organizations. And I'm talking about women. As a culture, we need to normalize being human and work toward making supportive environments the minimum standard for all women in the workplace. Now, taking such steps will help, in part, to attract and keep the best talent across all stages. Now, that's a future we should all be working towards, 
and nothing less. Well, there you go, my friends. That's life, I swear. For further information regarding the material covered in this episode, I invite you to visit my website, which you can find on either Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, for show notes calling out key pieces of content mentioned in the episode transcript. As always, I thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe here or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. See you soon.